Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Eason here with Amy Blackford, and this is your Daily Dose of Happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today, and uh, not really sure if Lou is going to be here or not, but hopefully he will be uh, along sometime here soon. If he is, we'll obviously include him in the conversation. But Amy, <laughs> Louis is MIA on LOA today so he, far. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> He's MIA. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's been a while since you and I have done a show together by ourselves. So I, think I don't that, think you know, we, we ever did... actually have done one. We did so... one. We, yeah, we did, we did one. That's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We did one, but, uh, it's, it's been quite a while. So maybe we need to just get back into the practice of it. We're just going to do it. And if Louis okay. is meant to appear, he is going to appear he and will. all is well. That's right. So... As I was telling you, I'm just really enjoying our new home and sitting by the fire today. I've switched locations in my house, and I think this is where I'm going to be doing the podcast from now on because it makes me feel so good, and we cool. should do what feels good. So I'm sitting by the fire. I was, you know, I I enjoy the cold weather and the rain because I'm inside. <laughs> Which is wild. I mean, you live in the southern part of the United States, and you're talking about enjoying cold weather. That's not a typical conversation I'm in Georgia. I'm from Connecticut originally. <laughs> That's and true. then I lived in South Florida for 18 years and was oh, exposed wow. to the extreme heat. And I don't yeah. do well with heat anyway. I'm mm. the friend. My friends come over, and they're shivering because it's like a refrigerator. <laughs> I, I do. I run it. I like it. A cool 68 degrees is my Ooh, perfect yeah. temperature. Yeah, that's um, cool. And yeah, anything above that. And I really, I'm just not comfortable. Okay. Hey, whatever. <laughs> hey, it, it's all about, like you said, it's all about what feels good to you. If that feels good, then great. I mean, right. So least... in the summertime, I will crank the AC and I'd rather have a hoodie on inside. I'm, I'm a little strange like that. <laughs> Okay. Makes hey. perfect sense, right? Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> Whatever floats your boat. That's all that Absolutely. really matters. Yeah. So anyway, we um we got some emails over the weekend and perfect. over the past week actually. And one of them I'm actually going to save for when Louis drops by because he's named in it specifically. But the other one gives us some interesting stuff to talk about. I know Louis would have his own uh, contributions, and maybe he'll be able to jump in in the middle. But I think you and I can uh, handle this one as well. Think we can swing it? I think so, yeah. Let's do this. (laughs) So this is from Sarah. And Sarah uh, says, hello, following Jet Setter 11's example. This is somebody on YouTube who sent in a question last week. Says, I'd like to go into a specific physical issue. She says, I've noticed my pelvis has been stiff for some time. I'd love to hear different ways to work on this, like yoga, jinjinjitsu, acupressure, or, or something else. Also, I'd love for the show to go into the topic of the meaning behind different parts of the body and behind the issues they portray. For example, what does the pelvis translate to on a psychological slash spiritual slash energetic level? And what message are pelvic issues trying to get across to the people that are having them? Uh, another example, my mother regularly has pain in her left knee, and every time she falls down, which is often because of her poor balance, also an interesting topic to explore, whenever she falls down, she falls on this knee. I don't think I've heard this theme explored on the show in the six months I've been listening and find it very interesting and something a lot of people could benefit from knowing about. So thank you, Okay, Sarah. so I'm going to go ahead and take a crack at this. Um, I do know that certain parts of the body obviously are related to our meridians and this is where acupuncture comes in. And there's all sorts of medicines that I have not studied. So I can't really speak on those, but uh, 
the area of the, the pelvic region. So you're talking about the sacral and the root chakra. And this is where a lot of trauma can be stored, whether it's sexual or something um, from your childhood trauma, because I too also carry um, pain in my lower back and in my pelvic region. And I've found when I do my own meditations, I will stretch and focus on that part of my body. And basically I can feel movement in the energy. I've had some really big energy releases that have brought me to tears. And I could feel, even if it was, um, there's a lot of things that we store in our bodies, especially when we're children, babies, we don't remember. And that energy gets stored in those, those places. And I do believe that we also carry on the stored energy from our mothers prenatal, like when we're still in the womb. So we're exposed to energy is there. So that's really my take on that part of the body. Um, and I, I definitely have experienced it myself. I, I really recommend stretching as a part of my daily routine. And there are all sorts of different uh, stretches for the lower body, the pelvic region. Yoga is a wonderful practice. So mm-hmm. if, if she's already doing that, Sarah, if you're already doing that, that's really fantastic. Um, Qigong is another practice that you might look into that's going to involve certain movements which will help with energy blockages. So that might be, you You can look those up on YouTube and there are free tutorials all over YouTube where you can start integrating just a morning Qigong practice and uh, specifically dealing with that part of the body and the grounding of the body. As far as your mom's knee is concerned, I think this is more of a law of attraction thing where she has an injury there because I too have one knee that I put, I put most of my weight on. And so it is more tender from going up and down stairs. But the fact that she keeps falling on that knee is because now she has a fear and association with that. And therefore she continues to re-injure herself in that one place. So that's my take on it. What do you say? Well, that's very good. I like that. Um, I actually was doing a little research leading up to this. I, I figured between you and Louie, I, I might not get a word in edgewise, but if I did, I wanted to be ready, you know? So I did some research. I found that Hay House, Louise Hay's publishing outfit, um, actually published a book called A Headache in the Pelvis. Really? Really, yeah. Okay. It's, it's by David Wise, PhD, and Dr. Rodney Anderson. And the interesting description, it says, a headache in the pelvis is a lamp in the dark human suffering of chronic pelvic pain. This book is a precious document that will help many people. Psychologist David Wise lived for 22 years with agonizing chronic pelvic pain, also known as prostatitis slash CPPS. There was seemingly no cure until he began to make the connection between his anxiety and his physical pain. Wow. He enlisted- he enlisted renowned neurourologist Dr. Rodney Anderson from Stanford University to develop a revolutionary new method for muscle relaxation. Amazingly, a third of their patients were able to stop taking drugs within six months of beginning their new daily holistic muscle relaxation treatment. Sufferers of chronic pelvic pain are living a life of quiet desperation. For the first time, there is a solution that is helping patients empower themselves in their own healing and gain control over their chronic pain. Patients and medical practitioners across the U.S. and U.K. have called this method, quote, 
life-changing, unquote. And it's an audio book. Sarah, I'm really glad you asked this question. That's what's so beautiful about this, because I have suffered from chronic pain for quite some time. And it is something I've discussed on the show. Mm -hmm. And in particular, my lower back and pelvic region. And I also have anxiety, very high anxiety. People do not know this about me. It's not something that I talk about, but it's something that I do manage. However, it's seeing, I didn't realize that they were all correlated or interlinked until this very moment. So I am going to be getting a copy of that. Hay House is one of my favorite publishing houses. <laughs> Louise Hayes, God bless her heart. I loved her and Wayne Dyer and found it also, this is completely off topic, that she died exactly, they were best friends. She died on the same day that he did two years later. That's how interconnected they were. Yes, it was Hmm. so profound. He was actually kind of my crossover. I started reading his material when I first really started kind of dabbling in what I would call my spirituality, crossing over from being Christian into um, into what I call, quote unquote, just being spiritual. Okay. Okay. That's cool though. I did. I, I had no idea that connection existed. That's a very interesting connection. Yeah. Yeah. That is. It's yeah. really interesting, and I'd love to get a look at that book. So if you could put maybe a link to that in the comments and this YouTube, that would be great. Sure. Yeah, I'll be glad to include that. Perfect. No problem at all. Um, I also agree with you, by the way, about her mom's knee. The fact that she keeps landing on the same knee yes. over and over again—that's not coincidental. Yeah, that- I have one where I stub the same toe over and over and there's no rational explanation other than I am programmed to believe that's the toe that's going to take it every single time. And this is something lots of people have reported well outside of conscious creator circles. I mean, I recall a, there's a British uh, telecom series from the 1990s. I remember a line in it was about something about, uh, you know, you have that sore spot, you keep hitting the sore spot. Yeah. I mean, that, that's something that a lot of people can relate to. So, yeah. That's, it, that's it, law of attraction at its finest because now it's it is. programmed. Pain is something that we remember. You know, it's mm-hmm. something we store. And so mm-hmm. it makes it makes a lot of sense that basically also I think we end up having accidents when we are having misaligned thoughts. So that's the other thing I want to correlate here. Every time I, you know, stub my toe or shatter glass or whack my head on a cupboard, I swear I am thinking in that moment of something not positive. So I'm not saying I deserve to get hurt. What I'm saying is, is that I suddenly align with this kind of thing happening to me. And I've, over the years, I've become even more and more focused on noticing it. So when I do break something that I care about, or end up basically intersecting with something that I don't like, I go, hey, wait a minute. You were just thinking about something that was not pleasant. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it does help with monitoring your thoughts a little bit better when things like that happen. It does. Yeah, that's true. Not um, saying, Sarah, that it's your mom's fault that she's falling in her No, it's her not knee. about fault. No. no. It's it's that there these energetics or this field it, it's kind of mathematical and it's reacting to us as we are reacting. It's all interlinked and interconnected. And if we wanted to just have a very simple way to describe it without, you know, resorting to spirituality, energy, yeah. all that kind of stuff as a way of describing it, it, it's the very simple way to describe it is when we feel a chronic pain, we're aware of it. 
constant. Oh, yeah. Continuous awareness. So if you're aware of something, regardless of what your spiritual beliefs may be, if you're aware of it, you're going to always be aware of it. And so whenever you do something uh, or like in the case of a fall, you feel yourself slipping or whatever, what do you do? You think about that part of of your body that's hurting. And yes. of course, you're going to align yourself so that that part hits. I mean, that's absolutely that's just the way it works. You know, it's you, just the way it works. Yeah, you it's don't even have, like, to have a special. It's the way it works every single time. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it, the harder thing actually is training yourself to take your mind off of it. That's it, really it, the challenge. It really is. What's so interesting too is this conversation. Uh, just to let our our listeners in on, I do card readings, and I wanted to every Monday. I told Walt. I got this really <laughs> neat new set. It's called the moon deck. And I had an inspired thought this morning. I always like to have some sort of a, a starting point conversation starter other than what uh, our listeners are asking for. Mm-hmm. And I got called to this deck and I sat down with it to draw one card. And before I drew the card, I went with the simple intention and asked, I just call it the divine field of energy, um, my okay. higher self. For all of our sake, basically, what message should be coming through right now for um, anybody that's tuned in today, that's listening, or that's going to watch this recording, basically for the collective, for the greater whole. And the card that I pulled, it's called Interconnected, and here it is, so you can see it on screen, it's a beautiful card. Mm-hmm. I love decks that have nice artwork like that. Oh, yeah. The artwork is beautiful. And so the the name of this card is Interconnected. With a steady mind, I am connected to our collective experience. And I think that that goes right into what we are always talking about in the law of attraction, especially right now. With the current climate, I think globally and in each one of our countries, I think there is this level of chaos that's happening And so keeping our mind calm and focused for our sake, and then we emanate that out for the collective is at its utmost importance right now. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a very valid um, message that came through because it's been something that's been on my mind for quite some time. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. And of course, we're used to doing cards because Linda likes to pull them on Friday. So nothing new for our audience here, but that's cool. Right. So I'd like to read each card comes with it comes with just a little blurb that goes in the book. So interconnected like a pebble tossed into a pond. Our thoughts and actions create a ripple effect throughout the world. Everything from the mundane to the mystical is an opportunity to recognize the fundamental wholeness and interconnectedness of all beings everywhere. In honor of our own happiness and the imprint left on the collective experience at large, a steady, healthy mind is a powerful tool. In order to co-create the world we want for ourselves and for future generations, we must elevate our own thinking, see the goodness in those around us. The more we do this, the more we increase love and dissolve fear, which is desperately needed in the world right now. There's a unifying force that runs through us, especially when we heal our hearts, mature our egos. As you commit to this practice of a way of being, you help to awaken the collective consciousness. Together, we can actualize a world where peace, love, and abundance are accessible to all. Very good. Okay. I like that. Um, By the way, 
I was doing a little more research as you were talking there because I remembered Louise Hay has her book. I don't remember what the name of the book was, but she had a whole list of all the different kinds of symptoms you can have in various parts of your body and her interpretation of what those symptoms indicated, what was really going on that might Ooh. lead to those symptoms. Okay. And I found, I, I'm not sure if this actually draws directly from her book, but it's a website that does exactly the same thing. And I couldn't find anything specific about pelvises. Okay. Um, but I went, I went through looking for stuff that happens in the pelvic area and found fibroids, which often happen in the pelvic yes. area. And the note there was interesting. It said fibroids are, they come from nursing a hurt from a partner or a blow to the feminine ego, which is an interesting one. I have no idea whether that would actually relate to what Sarah's situation is. She'd be the one who would have to figure that one out for herself. But I thought I'd bring that one in. It just, maybe there's something there that might be useful. For right. Her. These are all things just know. to investigate. Yeah. Yeah. So for what that's worth, there it is. <laughs> I really am going to read this book because I, I do understand the power, first of all, that our thoughts and then mm -hmm. the things that we've experienced have such an impact on our bodies. And well, it makes sense. I it mean, really does. Our, our it, bodies, it, it, our bodies are directly connected to this, this energy right. stream that we're all part of. Right. Right. I mean, and the more it's our side to, of it, but it's, yes. it's, it's that direct connection. The more that's what the chronic pain has taught me is I have to get a handle on this because the more in tuned I am in my body, the better I'm going to feel, the better mm. I feel, the more I'm able to channel this energy. So this last year especially has been very hard on me and I haven't hidden that from anybody. It's been a great challenge for me to, we have a kitty visitor. We do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. Last, last week it was my kitty. Um, it's been a great challenge for me to basically keep, uh, <laughs> we'll just uh, get him out of the way here. <laughs> yeah, yeah get, just get him in your lap. Basically it's been a challenge for me to keep my, my mind focused in the positive when the body just kept signaling pain. It's hard to ignore. It is hard. It's one of the greatest challenge. challenges you're going to face. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be done. I mean, I've done it myself under rather excruciating circumstances and it, it takes a lot of focus. It takes a lot of concentration and you have to be willing to just accept in the early stages doing it for like split seconds at a time rather right. than, you know, you, you don't try to hit the home run out of the ballpark right away. You, no. you, you go for what can you grab at first? You know, that's what's, right. what's the amount that you can grab? It doesn't take a whole lot either. That's the thing that's really interesting. Right. Um, I mean, I've told the story many times about how a couple of years ago, my knees were injured, um, ligament issues. And I was to the point where I was in bed in pain. I couldn't, I couldn't even move. Uh, and finally remembered that I actually do a podcast about the law of attraction and figured I should probably try to use that. You know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and ended up doing exactly what we're talking about, literally convincing myself that my, my knees didn't hurt. And, you know, my first time I tried that, I, I was working out for like a half an hour and managed to, to convince myself for like a split second that my knees were not hurting and, yes. and did it. And then right. I was so exhausted. I fell asleep. Right. But after doing that for just a couple of days, the, 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 the pain was like 98% gone in a week. Right. And when I looked up ligaments at the medical websites, ligaments take six months to heal. So I figured I did pretty good. I think you did real good. <laughs> What's funny is I basically noticed the other day, hey, my back hasn't been hurting all that much. And what happened? 
literally like 30 minutes later out of nowhere, I was, I was having one of my friends had come over. I hadn't seen in a while and we had lunch together and I was talking to him about not being in pain anymore. Mm -hmm. And by the time that he left, just because I even mentioned it and started talking about it and focusing on it, guess what happened for the first time in weeks, all of a sudden my back went out so bad. He ended up having to leave because Mm, I was in so much pain. I had to go lay down. Wow. So that also, I know this is something that Abraham talks about. Any attention given to, you know, when you listen to her or, or them speaking to the audience, when they start, when they start wanting to talk about their, their problem, she'll redirect them because mm-hmm. it's like the moment that you start putting your focus on it, it's, yeah. um, it, it's, it's already attracting more to it. Well, the fact that it's chronic means that in that sense, it is addictive. It, it, you have addicted yourself to paying continuous attention to it, which is understandable. It hurts. Right. It hurts and hurts and hurts and hurts and hurts. Right. Um, but that, that's what you're trying to break. And it's yes. not always easy, but it can be done. And it's great. Well, the rewards are fabulous. I want to tell you, you there it. is thunder and things are flickering in my house right now. <laughs> I do, I'm, I'm going to say that I'm going to be here. Because Louie is MIA, but I'm letting you know a storm is coming through. What you saw on the forecast was right. <laughs> well, we're going to assume that everything's going to work out just oh, fine. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> and it's all going to come out good. So, yeah, we'll just keep going. And, and uh, you know, if something happens, you'll probably just get knocked off for a few seconds to come back. No big deal. But um, I think it'll be okay. Actually, so too. The, the real adventure was the time where we were doing a show and I was having a, a, a storm in my area. And of course, I'm the one who has all the connections going on here. So I actually had to hand off the control. I think it was to Louie, actually. I think Louie was on that particular episode so that when I lost power, I wouldn't lose everything. And sure enough, I lost it. I mean, everything just disappeared like four Are or five times serious? in the show. <laughs> It was crazy, yeah. But eh, we got through it. It was fine. It worked, and everything was being recorded in the cloud. I do wonder where is he today, Louis? Louis, where are you? It's really unusual. (laughs) I mean, this is very, very unusual for him not to be here. I'm, I'm wondering. Talk about power outages. I'm wondering if they have some sort of event going on in London right now. That's my. I I would imagine that's what that's what it would have to be. Probably, yeah, because this is not in character for him. But that's okay. He's going to be okay. I'm sure everything's going to be fine. Oh, absolutely. So getting back to Sarah's message. Yes. I think we've, we've, adapt, we've, we've uh, discussed most of it. She did bring up a couple of other things though that I wanted to bring in. She mentioned other methods. She mentioned yoga, jinshin jitsu, acupressure, others. And I have to admit, I'm not really an expert on most of those. You mentioned that yoga was a good thing for her to do. And I don't even oh, know yoga very well. Any st- stretching of any kind mm-hmm. is going to help loosen up those areas. Stretching and I don't know how to describe this as an activity, but giving loving, kind attention. Yes. Yes. That's what I was talking about. Like when I go in meditation and I Mm -hmm. stretch, there have been moments where I would literally put my focus on certain areas of my body and feel releases in that way. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that is definitely, I think if you can combine the power of the mind with the activity, it's going to be even more effective. And it is astonishing to me, and probably to you, how powerful that mind really is. Louise and I have been learning that a lot over the last few years. I don't know if I told you this, but um, about two years ago, a little over two years ago, she uh, experienced a pretty severe issue with her thyroid that we've been dealing with since then. 
Okay. And, uh, no, I didn't know about that. Hyperthyroidism is what it amounted to. We had a, a, an adventurous Christmas Eve that we um, like to talk about when everything's feeling good, but it wasn't a really fun night. Right. And some other stuff that's happened. But uh, long story short, the endocrinologist that was assigned to her case ended up putting her on medications and so forth. Okay. And early on, he was telling us that, well, you know, there's a chance that she might get off that medication, but 90% of the time people end up being on the medications for life or they end up having surgeries right. or you know, all kinds of stuff like that. None of which sounded very appealing or attractive to us, but right. uh, you know, that's what we were hearing from them. And then after she had been on the medication for about a year, they kept upping the dosage because it oh, wasn't wow. being effective enough until they were finally reaching the point where he said, this is about as high it, as we dare go. It wasn't with. even working anymore. Yeah. Um, and, he was saying, you know, you're going to have to make a decision soon. And each time that he would say that, we would leave the office saying, yeah, that's not happening. Okay. <laughs> we get very determined about it. Well, she just had her latest follow-up visit with him uh, in January, and uh, he'd been reducing the dosage over time. Okay. And gotten down to the point where it was down to a minimum dosage. And in January, he told her, I want you to go – Instead of doing it as a daily dosage, I want you to do it every other day at the minimum dosage for six weeks. And then I want you to stop entirely. And then two weeks after that, I want you to take a blood test to see how we're doing. That's fantastic. And she's just a few weeks away from that blood test now. So that yeah. is that is amazing. Um, so there's another example of it. Yeah, that's just one more. There's there's a list of these that we've experienced over time. I don't that know if I've ever told you this reminds amazing. me of my own family story. My sister-in-law was diagnosed with lung cancer. This mm. was six years ago. Yeah. And it was already very, the, the tumor she went in, she thought she just had bronchitis and she went in and it, it was like, it was big in her mm-hmm. lung. Her, her mm-hmm. chances of survival were very low. Yeah. And I went to go visit her and my brother and she looked at me and she said, I am not dying from this. Ah. And she met, when she said it, I felt it through my body. I'm like, she's not going to die from this. Yeah. I said, I be-, and I told her, I'm like, I believe you. So I'm not going to buy into the fear. The rest of the family was very scared. My brother, of course, was terrified. Mm-hmm. And it was in sure. the very beginning stages. So she went through her rounds of chemo. She didn't even get sick. Like she got sleepy and she Mm -hmm. had some side effects, but it's not the nightmare that a lot of people go through that get chemotherapy treatments. So for the last five years, she's had to go in and every single time the cancer has not come back. The tumor has not come back, which is also unheard of. And she just finally got her clearance. She doesn't even need to return anymore. Nice. I like that. I love these stories where you have to have, she had such authority that she was not going to die from the cancer. Mm -hmm. It was like, this is not taking me out. It's not happening. And she said it so commandingly. I'm like, I'm not afraid. I'm there with you. I really believe, I really believe you. And I just think like what you're saying, the power of the mind, the effect that it has on the body is astounding. Well, the point that you just made also has a really important subpoint in it, and that is her level of belief was really yes. strong. Like, yes. for instance, Louise and I have friend, a friend who had contracted um, uh, pancreatic cancer. Okay. And he was a fairly optimistic guy and so forth. 
But I never got the impression that he was committed, absolutely right. committed to I'm going to live. They were going to, they were hopeful, you know, and he did very well for quite some time, but he passed this past September. Okay. And it's been rather traumatic on her, as you might yes. imagine. And she's now working her way out of coming out of it. She's a fairly positive person too. Right. So it goes to prove it, you know, d- despite your best hopes and wishes, it yes. can still happen to somebody who's positively absolutely. oriented. But the difference here, and I think this is the really big difference, is in your case, she was convinced. She had convinced. There was was no doubt in her mind. It was what um, my friend Chuck that first introduced me to this show and why I'm even here. Mm -hmm. He calls it commands. There's a whole book written on it. Yeah, yeah. And I love it because I'm going to tell you this works when you make a command, meaning I'm not asking for it. I'm not begging for it. I'm not asking some source outside of me to do this for me. I'm making the command, just like hitting enter on your keyboard. I'm commanding this. You make the statement, it's done. And mm-hmm. that's what she did without realizing it. Cause she's, she's really, she'd never read this book. She, it mm-hmm. wasn't like this was something she practiced, but she commanded in that moment what her intention was. And she got exactly what she commanded. I will say I've practiced the command thing. It has worked every single time. Really? And it, yes, an every single time. Every single time. Um, oh God, there are so many. Well, just I've commanded one. so many different things. I commanded when, when I knew my lease was going to be up. I commanded, I got to the point of fear. We weren't finding a house and I commanded, we're finding it and we're finding it before, um, my lease is up so that we can move out. And then mm-hmm. I told you my apartment building, 30 days after I moved out, burned down. Right, yeah. And I told you that story. And there's just many more like that where basically I was- You got to watch those this. commands there, kiddo. I mean, <laughs> be, be careful. Yeah. This is a dangerous weapon you're waving around here. <laughs> basically, whenever I got to a point, um, a friend being sick, me being sick, something, my cat, something would happen where I would- basically understand in this moment if i don't command it because the fear is taking hold the fear of losing something that i love the fear of something happening that's going to put me in a bad spot it would become so intense it would it would then make remind me hey wait a minute if i command it it's done and it had already worked so many times now every time i do it it's easier and easier and so it always delights me um, whenever I do do this. I haven't actually done it in a while because I kind of haven't needed to. <laughs> Which well, is you nice. just made a you just made a second very important point because in addition to issuing the command and, and really believing in it, there that yeah. that this is a key point. There, there's no doubt that's ever involved in something like None. that. None. And doubt can easily creep in. So it's not necessarily the easiest thing in the world to make that 100% forceful. I am 100. percent one hundred percent convinced command. This is what's going to happen. I'm just de- determining it right here. Yes, it takes some practice to do that. But like you pointed out, it's something that kind of like everything else that we learn, where all this mind stuff is concerned, it develops over time. We develop what yes. Dan McGaina calls our edge, the edge of yes. believability. And yes, that edge of the be- more you practice it, right, and then it it, it proves itself. You get proof. You get evidence. Right. The deeper now it takes. What was a a philosophy 
Mm-hmm. And now it's just, this is the way it is. It's like, I wake up in the morning and I brush my teeth and I do this. I don't question these things. And yeah. so, yes, the more routine you make it and the more you practice it. Another good example was I started, friends of mine would come to me, uh, an example, I, I have a friend, she does not even live in the same state. She contacts me. We hadn't talked in ages and her daughter, her little daughter was being diagnosed with something that was basically fatal. Mm-hmm. She was in a panic. And I had just learned about the commands a long enough ago and had practiced it enough to be able to tell her, I want you to start commanding that you are not going to get the, um, basically the diagnosis that you're, you're getting right now that, that mm-hmm. somehow that, that that's not what's happening. Mm-hmm. And she did because she, there was nothing else she could do. Mm-hmm. She was that desperate. And I told her, this has worked for me every single time. Do you trust me? And I did it with her. I said, oh. I'm going to do this with you. She contacted me two days later and told me that the doctors had contacted her and it was a complete mis- misdiagnosis. And it was something, it wasn't not fatal. It was something minor that was cleared up within like two weeks. So mm. I'm not saying this is the case with everyone. And I'm not saying that things don't happen that we wish we could change. I'm not saying that because I, I, got, I have to put a little disclaimer there. You have to believe it and Mm. you have to believe it to the point of that you do not accept any other reality as viable. Right. Right. So if you can get to that place, it works every single time. So let's uh, let's let's get down to the practicality of doing it, because it's very easy, I'm sure, for listeners and for me to imagine that the doubt is going to creep in there. So how do you ensure that the doubt doesn't creep in? Okay. So like with anything else with the law of attraction, what does Abraham Hicks teach? Start with the small things because Ah. we don't have big attachments to them. So when I first learned about commands, I started with silly things like Mm -hmm. commanding. I don't want to get another notice on my apartment door about having to put my fire extinguisher outside or some other little troubling. They were petty little things, but they were, they would work. Then my car, you know, broke down and I commanded, you know, after that third crank or try on it, it's going to start. I command it. And suddenly the car would start. And so I was suddenly (laughs) building from very minor petty things. I started with things that I did not have a big attachment to because you can command those with pretty it's 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 easy to believe you can manifest a dollar more than it is a million dollars. Right. So it's that same concept that I can make commands with these little things. And then you see them happen. You're like, oh, wow, that's really cool. And then something that is not traumatizing, like the car breaking down, that's going to get resolved one way or the other. But let me try the command first. And it just started building on itself. And I've, I've used it in so many instances where I was just feeling uh, my brother um, contracted covid And I was really, I found this out over Christmas and he has certain health complications that Mm -hmm. I I was, I'm very close with my big brother Mm -hmm. and I was terrified for just a moment. And then I commanded he was going to get through it and he was going to be fine. Sure enough, three weeks later, he said, I'm, I'm doing great. And so he, he took steps and measures to get to that place. Oh yeah. when you, you're starting to feel suffocated by fear, 
this is not the time to start practicing commands. You want right. to do it to, to go back to what you're asking. How do we begin this? How do we put it into practical practice? Start doing it with the little things. And then you can start working your way up because as you do that, that's what happens. You believe when you say, I command it and you make it a command and it happens, you're like, oh, there it is again. And the more of those you do. So if you tell your friends about it, it's, there's also power in numbers because uh, I have my best friends are all doing this and we talk to each other about this stuff. Wow. <laughs> it is really raining out here, folks. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're reminding me of something that's actually very important with any process that we talk about. And that is it's really important to get ourselves into alignment as best we can before we try any process. It doesn't matter what kind of process it is, because if no matter what it is, if you do it starting, like you say, from a point of fear or anger or deep frustration or depression or anxiety or whatever, you're going to produce results that are much more in alignment with depression, anxiety, fear, frustration, and so on and so forth. And you never want to start practicing these things when you're coming from a place where it's like, a desperate situation, okay? Right. Trying to manifest money when you've got an eviction notice on your door is not going to be the same as starting to try to do it when things are in a pretty okay place and maybe you just want extra spending money to go have fun more or to travel. So there's a difference. So you want to kind of get ahead of the curve and start learning these skills. I, I cannot imagine a more important skill for human beings been learning the law of attraction and all of these nifty little tricks that are all just, you know, little pieces of that um, and ways to apply it. They really should be teaching this, this stuff from elementary school on, in my opinion. Um, so <laughs> I would encourage any uh, of the, our listeners to be teaching this to their children, please, their teenagers and anybody that will listen, basically. <laughs> I'm reminded of a few things. First, I'm reminded of an Abraham Hicks a story, uh, not so much a story, but uh, a descriptive situation. Um, they say, you know, you ask us, well, what if I have jumped out of an airplane? I've forgotten my parachute. How do I manifest a parachute? Mm-hmm. And their reply is, why are you waiting that long to manifest something? Uh, so by that exactly. point, you, you, you've basically say, been saying for hours at a time, perhaps, I don't have any responsibility for having a parachute. I don't have any responsibility for jumping out of an airplane. I don't have any responsibility for any of this stuff. <laughs> and then at the very last second, you say, oh, gee, maybe I should get responsible for this stuff. Like, no. Well, you know, you're just making this as difficult as humanly possible. Yeah, you know, that's like her it, analogy. Once the momentum of the car is going downhill, yeah. you can't push against it. You just need to let it get out of the way and let it crash. So yeah. in this in this analogy, it would be you're, you've jumped, you've got no parachute, hope you land on uh, some bouncy trees and some soft grass. And, and by the way, people have survived that. They have. They absolutely have. But There's a really oh, cool me- video, by the way. There's a, I don't know if you've ever seen this one. There's a really cool video. Cool, perhaps, is not the right word. Amazing is the right. word. Right. Because what, what happened to this guy, I wouldn't describe as cool, but it was incredible it's a miracle. what he did with it. <laughs> He was a pilot. Now, he was a very highly trained pilot and a stunt pilot, too. So he had lots of experience, you know, thousands of hours of flying time. And he was flying at a show, and his wing fell off. Oh, my goodness. And he went into a spiral going down to the ground. 
And you're just waiting for, oh, my God, he's going to die. He's going to crash. And this guy didn't panic at all. He took advantage of the fact that he still had a rudder and a wing. And he managed, I don't know how to describe this, he managed to turn it into a corkscrew effect. And as he got close to the ground, he revved the engine hard. It flew the the motor up with the wing pointing down. Yeah. And then he cut it and it landed hard on the wheels. And he wow. got out of the plane. And I, I'm thinking, holy crap. <laughs> what did I just see? <laughs> that is, it's one of those things you can't explain it. You know, my husband, I told you, uh, we have a fireplace company, and he gets up on roofs. He doesn't just get up on the roof. He takes ladders up onto the roof and then uses those to climb up onto the top of a chimney. Oh, jeez. And some of (laughs) these houses in Atlanta, we're talking, I don't Mm. even understand how he does it. There have been many times, more than I would like to share, (laughs) he's over there doing the Superman pose. Um, (laughs) There have been more times that he came home with stories of his ladder snapped while he was 60 feet in the air. There is no reasonable explanation as to how he rode that piece of ladder down to the ground and did not break every bone in his body. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's only 29 feet. I know. (laughs) Okay. So we're all exaggerators in this family. (laughs) This is not just one time. He he has done this more than once. I'm like, you have more than nine lives. So, but there's a great because, point here. Yeah, because he stayed in alignment, and basically, it's some something in the the brain that that just drove him to make the right movements, you know, subconsciously, so that it that he didn't get injured on the way down. Well, it's what you just said. He was 100 percent sure. Yeah. He he was certain he was going to be fine. And so he yeah, was. Yeah, pretty much. The pilot actually, who had lost a, a wing was 100% certain he was going to be fine. And so he was. To, the, to add to this story, I was his helper, like, when we first moved to Atlanta. And I, I tried to get him to quit because I would watch what he was doing. And he's like, you can't do this to me. I'm over there screaming in fear. And he's like, no, you're going to disrupt the vibe. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I got fired as his helper. <laughs> I hear you. Well, and because of that, and I'm sure that was a very smart move on his part. Smart move, Lance. Yeah, we'll give, yeah. We'll give him a lot of credit for that one. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I'm also reminded of. Say that again. I'm also reminded of a, um, a television series. This is a fictional situation, but in this uh, television series, uh, Let's see, how did it go? Oh, of course, yeah, it's going to just zip right out of my mind. There was an episode where this kind of situation... Oh, I know what it was. It was The West Wing. That's what it was. I've never watched The West Wing. Well, obviously an old series. Okay. And for those who know the characters in the series, this was where Will Bailey, who came in later on in the series, is uh, he's running a campaign of a guy in Orange County, California, in a heavily Republican district, Okay. The guy's a Democrat who's had like 25, not that many, but you know, six or seven heart attacks. And in the middle of the campaign, he has another heart attack and dies. So oh, wow. he's trying to, he's trying to get a dead candidate elected, <laughs> which is pretty crazy. And he's determined he's going to pull it off. You know, he just, he just goes at it as if it's a normal campaign. He's taking advantage, of course, the, of the fact that, you know, the media are now paying attention to this crazy campaign where the dead candidate is still running like he's actually running for office and so forth. And, because of the demographics of Orange County in California, 
Will knows, I mean, he has to have like lightning strike in order to get this guy to win. And right. so it, his opponent has to give up on the campaign and the polls have to all show that he's going to lose by a lot. So all the Republican operatives stop working on it. And it has to have, you know, there has to be like a thunderstorm to drive them away. And all these different things <laughs> oh, have to no. happen. Everything right. has to come into alignment. Well, at one point during the episode, it's on election day and he's, it's right at the point where he says, this is where it's got to rain. He goes outside and he goes, now, and it <laughs> rains. <laughs> and oh, his that sister is saying, How did you do that? <laughs> he says, I don't know. It. I didn't know I could do that. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> but I mean, it. obviously it's a fictional story. Right. But it's the same principle. And and when you see it, it's just funny. Yeah. We don't really think of it as being real, but that that kind of crazy stuff can happen. Absolutely. It, like you said, the determining factor is do you really believe it? And this is the thing to... about people who want to live lotteries. They, they want yeah. to win the lottery. You know, the odds against them winning are two billion to one or whatever. You know, that means one person in two billion is going to win, which right. you know, it pr- probably means that uh, if it's going to be mega millions, it's going to be like 25 months before somebody wins. But the point is that right. it's, it's very much against you. So if you're going to win that, you have to have 100,000 percent. You just certainty. know it. There, there yeah. can't be any doubt. And, and that's why it is that people, I mean, my friend Joel Elston likes to tell the story about a client of his who said, I went out and bought 10 lottery tickets today. I'm going to win. And Joel says, no, you're not. I know for a fact you're going to lose because you weren't confident that one ticket could do it. You had to go buy 10. Oh, <laughs> that is brilliant. It is. And it's true. It's true. You know? Wow. It is. It, it, and learning that kind of uh, knowing you have to practice. It's got to be something, you know, I think that's one thing uh, to kind of round off today's topic on this. When The Secret first came out and there was the, the big exposure, you know, the, the international exposure to the law of attraction, even though this is something that had been around for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And it was a, it's a really engaging movie. I think it's it's got a lot of really valid points. And I mean, I remember getting so many goosebumps because I knew that the premise of what they were saying was true. This is how it's got to work. This this just is resonating with me. So basically, you know, with the law of attraction, it's the knowingness and it's the practice that comes into play. And that is the one thing that I think the movie doesn't exactly, I don't think it explains uh, enough to people, is that if you're just focusing on getting material possessions and all of that, it's not going to happen as fast as if uh, when you say abundance, abundance doesn't have to just show up uh, with, you know, money in the bank. It can be showing up. People are giving you gifts. You know, there's 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 a way to receive abundance, monetary abundance in ways that you can't imagine. So instead of defining it, getting very specific. And that's another thing Abraham talks about. Don't get so specific. Stay general. So if you want better health to bring that back in, if you want a better relationship with your partner, or if you need more money, don't get so specific. Don't say this part of my body needs to heal. Just look at your overall well-being because it's easier for you to believe that than it is when there's like a chronic situation happening. Uh, Same thing with money. When you're really low in finances, it can be really hard to believe magically you know, $100,000 is going to show up in your bank account. 
but you can believe that maybe um, gifts are going to start being given to you. Somebody's going to buy you dinner that you weren't expecting. Somebody's going to give you a car, you know, that they no longer need and they know that you need a new car. Uh, my friend Chuck had this happen to him. And, and so abundance can come in many ways. And so can all of these other things, because uh, we don't just need abundance. It's our relationships, our relationship with ourselves, our creativity, our bodies. So there's all of these things that we want and desire, but the more we want something, we have to be careful because it can send out that needy negative energy of, I need this to be happy. And so getting, getting more general definitely is the way to attract more of what you want. And then as you, you learn it and you know it, you gain that knowledge, that wisdom through application, then you can start getting more specific and then things get really exciting. (laughs) Yeah. Not, not that specificity can't work. It can work, obviously. The That's real question saying. is, it's the getting, edge. What, where's, where's the edge at right now? Yeah, because if, getting, you're, if your edge of believe, if your edge of believability is at X and you're reaching right. for Y that's beyond that, you're yes. reaching too far. Reach you're within reaching, your edge. Just reach for what you, you can tell. Can I believe that I could manifest an extra hundred dollars a month? Can I believe that I can manifest an extra ten dollars a month? Or is it an extra thousand a month? You'll know. You can feel it. You'll reject like, yeah, right. It's that, that's that feeling. Like, sure. You know, it's like a inner eye roll that you get almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you get to that point of like, yeah, that really could most definitely happen. That's your point of attraction right there. And then when you do that and you see it happen, then you can set the bar higher. Like this house, for example, you know, originally we wanted to buy a house and it just wasn't, the timing wasn't right. We did not have enough money saved. And so Lance and I basically conformed our manifestation and opened it up and said, hey, listen, why don't we just rent a house for right now? We don't have mm-hmm. to buy one. And actually, we like the idea of not buying something. Maybe we're not quite ready for that big of a decision. We like Mm -hmm. the idea of having the malleability of being able to move somewhere new when we decide to do that. And so we very quickly went from almost feeling trapped because buying a house is a big decision and we were not finding anything in our price range that was at all matching our vision. And Mm -hmm. the minute that we changed that to renting, this house just, we knew the minute we walked in and uh, we mm-hmm. are just so, this is my biggest manifestation to date so far that mm-hmm. I'm so, so excited about. And also my publishing group that I'm a part of. Uh, my love of writing has attracted this group into my life where I'm just really expanding um, in a way in 25 years of writing that I never have. And so I'm starting to now get these very specific, large manifestations happening. But it started with the small ones. How many of them actually were commands? They started with they started with a hope. They started with a a desire. And the the um the command the house the command I I commanded that it started getting to the deadline of I either resign this lease. Because mm. it gets to a point where you can't resign it anymore or they up, you know, they, they, they charge you a whole lot more. Um, so it was getting to that point of that's when I did the command for the house. Mm-hmm. The publishing group came 
just from a desire of I was finishing this book and I said, now what? You know, now what higher self? You know, I know the, the publishing business, but I feel I'm, I'm just feeling like I need something more. And all of a sudden in my Facebook feed pops up this uh advertisement and I took the chance my my intuition told me to click on it and it brought me to she is a rock star coach this a fabulous um group of uh, talented authors and Mm. it's just actually transformed my very solitary writing life to a very interactive and immersive one and uh, so I just followed that intuition by having that desire because I was in that mode of manifestation Mm-hmm. Because I know mm-hmm. it works. I know it works. So it's already a given for me that when I have a desire now, it's, it is somehow going to show up. Commanding for me comes when fear starts creeping in and it needs to happen quicker. It needs, I need it to show up now. <laughs> well, I had that experience actually with, with Louise. I mentioned the thyroid issue. Yeah. And I mentioned that there was that Christmas Eve. Well, that Christmas Eve, we spent Christmas Eve in the emergency room because she was oh, having so uh, a really rough episode, which included, um, oh, I can't think what it's called, but where, where the heartbeat goes irregular. There's a name. Yeah, for that. it's an erratic heartbeat, arrhythmia. Arrhythmia, yes. Yeah. And for whatever reason, it happened on Christmas Eve. And there we are in the emergency room trying to deal with that. Her thyroid uh, levels were out of control. Everything was going nuts. And I was getting pretty worried because, you know, everything was just going crazy. Well, it got to the point where I had to leave her there overnight. They were going to take care of her. I had to come home and get some sleep because this had all started at like three o'clock in the morning. This was the following evening. So I was, I was pretty much wiped out at that point. Yeah. That's, that, that's Christmas Eve night just before Christmas morning. I go home and when I get home, I'm feeling the kind of emotional fear you're talking about. Yeah. I didn't think of it in terms of I'm going to command the universe. I mean, there was nothing conscious like that. Right. But looking back, I realized that's exactly what I was doing. I was, I was just overwhelmed with this determination. No, she's going to heal and she's going to heal that's now. That's it. You left no room for any other yeah. option. The, yeah. It was just, it, it just, and I couldn't even describe how that happened. I just right. know that. I went from fear to no. This is because this is law it, of attraction right just guided you towards what your intention I guess so. was. Yeah, yeah, that's how it happened. The, it's really beautiful. And, and that night at around midnight, Christmas morning, <laughs> wow, her heart, her heart did a reboot. And that and was went, an went, excellent went, went, Christmas gift. And went right into uh, normal rhythmic, you know, science rhythm. So it was like she went from the the worst stage to like a complete healing. That's, Not complete healing because the thyroid issue was still there, but, right. but the, the heart issue right. solved itself that night. That's now, her cardiologist insisted this day, well, you can think of it as a miracle as you want to. We know that, that kind of thing happens all the time. Okay. But right. Right. the timing of that was just a little bit weird as far as I was concerned. Yes. <laughs> you know, to, to say this is just a coincidence, you know, this happens all the time. Okay, well, great. Well, this so is what we, we call it our Christmas miracle. We don't I, care what he calls it. <laughs> I think that's exactly what it is. To wrap up this, um, something that I would like to love to talk about next week. There is sure. a new series on Netflix. It's called Surviving Death. And it mm. is a documentary on documented out of body people that 
have died, clinically died. Near-death experiences. Okay. Yes, and had near-death experiences and come back. Uh, th- these episodes are blowing my mind. So anybody mm-hmm. that's listening that wants to check them out, I would, just while even if you watch the first episode, and it's something that we could discuss um, in, in one of the weeks that you end up watching one, it's really, it really touches on some of the things that me and Louie have talked about with out-of-body experiences. Very similar. And so... Yeah, it's pretty exciting um, to see something like this going out into the mainstream. So, so the title of the series is, is Surviving, Surviving De- Death, and it's on Surviving Netflix. Surviving Death, all right. Yep. Okay. Well, she's been doing a lot of Netflix lately, so I'm sure that's Perfect. not going to be difficult to find it. <laughs> but I'm going to I'm going to recommend it to her as something for us to look at. And uh, yeah, let's compare notes next week. See what's what. Absolutely. I can't believe yeah. it's already five o'clock. <laughs> Oh, this stuff just, uh, it flies by. I mean, we, we got started a little bit late, so we got a couple minutes left, but yeah, this, these, these hours always just fly by. And that's when we're having the most fun. That's when yes. the vibration is the highest. So Absolutely. it's a good payoff. You know, it's nice to have that kind of payoff that way, but it you're right. It does is. kind of fly fast. I've um, been talking about actually, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, finish up and then I got to do my last promo before we finish. Okay, great. So uh, I, I actually made a video for some of my author friends on outlining books. And in that, in my, my Facebook group, I talked about this podcast and they were asking if it was a writing podcast. And I'm like, no, it's actually about the law of attraction. And several of the authors in there, some of them are writing actually, um, young adult novels based on the law of attraction. So they're going to, oh, nice. yeah, I'm, I'm going to send them links so that they can become um, regular listeners to the podcast. Excellent. So that, love that'll it. be really fun. Yeah. I love yeah. that there are people that want to write this and bring this to young people. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. That's really, really great. I'm, and, and if they're tuning into this episode, welcome. We're glad to have you as part of the audience. <laughs> Absolutely. I also want to uh, tell our regular listeners, uh, I, I put together my first talk and actually did my first talk for college students, and I recorded it and put it onto Facebook. There's a link to it on the LOA Today page. So if you're curious and you want to take a listen to the talk and give me some feedback on it, by all means, uh, feel free. You'll find it right at the top of the page there. And also a reminder, if you want to have your question or your comments included in our conversations here, just use the LOA Today app to send in your questions using the Ask a Question form. You can make it just a comment if you if you want to do that uh, but the point is take advantage of doing that because that's what sarah did and look what it did it turned into a really yeah great thank you episode. sarah that was two very thoughtful um questions and i really you you helped me figure something out and gave us some really really good stuff to talk about not to, not the least uh, you know to, not to mention the fact that we found a hay house book that we didn't even know existed yes. that addressed your particular topic that we're going to put a link into the description here. So yeah, really cool stuff all the way around. Um, so ho- hopefully Louis is okay. He'll be back <laughs> I, next I time. I'm, I'm going to be really curious to find out what it was. I wonder if it, it's, it's got to be too early for the time zone to change. I don't know what it is, but I don't know, we'll but out. I'm sure we'll get a story and a recap on next Monday. Dun, 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 dun. What <laughs> happened to Louie today? <laughs> it, it'll, it'll probably have its own, you know, advanced uh, trailer and so forth. So, you know, just be ready. <laughs> But this has been fun. We have proven once again that you and I can do a show together without Louis' help. So (laughs) that's also good to know too. Thank you very much for all the uh, the input you gave. Hopefully, Sarah found that to be helpful. I know I found it to be interesting. So thank you very much. Thank you, Sarah, for sending in your questions, and thank you for people who are listening in on the live stream. Especially thank you to the podcast listeners. I know I say this often, but I want to say it again because it's really important. Without you, we wouldn't have a podcast. So thank you very much. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.
Bye, everyone.